This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the conclusion of our Spider-Man trilogy. You've got me, we are Zinger. And me, Sandman Ellie. And we are joined by a very special guest. That's right. I am the superior David, also known as David Luzader around the internet. Yes, um, we are joined by the great David Luzader of more numerous podcasts than I think I can mention. Although, let me see if I can do them all. Movie okay, Go Around. Yep. Movie Go Around. Heck Yeah Comics. Yep. And Brokebot Mountain. That, yep, that's correct. That's all of them. Yay. Um, and you're also a contributing member, of course, on the Blazing Caribou Studios. Yes. Hopping around there. Yes. Um, so with that, we unfortunately, or fortunately, um, this, this, is, this has been like this blight sitting there waiting <laughs> for us of a movie that when we said we were going to do the Spider-Man trilogy, it was like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. We have to do the third one. And now, I, I actually have a prepared opening statement. Oh, 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 uh, okay, okay, I, uh, I, by all means. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> now, I am just a simple, independent podcaster. I am not part of any network. My name will not be mentioned with the likes of Chris Hardwick. But what I do know is that some things are good. Is this movie one of them? No, I will say it is not great. At times, it is not good. But it is not worth the derision and hatred that we give this movie so very often. Here, in the court of public opinion, where we are full of hate, I say it is better to point that hate at a Spider-Man movie that deserves it more, and that is Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> here, 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 here. <laughs> I, I will not argue that point. And I went into this movie... I, I want to say being positive. We'll see how this turns out on the other <laughs> side. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm only trying to have a... I tried to go out at this with a glass half full of optimism, and I left with it empty. I, I did too, and uh, I've got emotions. So I, I guess, um, L.A., do you, do, you, do you have any opening thoughts since apparently we're starting with that? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know if I want to get in the middle of this yet. Okay, um, I, I will say this first. This movie does hold a very weird and special place in my heart for when we get to the top three. And oh, here I'll, we go again. I, I'll explain it. Okay. I'll explain it. Um, so my thing is this. this You'll was, like my top three. I, I probably will. Yes. Uh, my thing is this. I this this was the first Blu-ray I owned. This was the first time I got wow. to watch a Blu-ray because only because. You were force-fed it if you bought a PlayStation 3. <laughs> that is the only reason I own this. And it's weird because... I must have had a different version of PS3 than you. you did, yeah, you, I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which set was mine that came with that? It was the second gen set. And it wasn't the slim versions. Okay. It was like they had the, um, they had the larger versions... And then, okay, they, they had the large versions. They had the first set. I think it was the third set of those. It was whichever one was the 60 gig system. Oh. Mm. Of, the, of the bigger versions. Okay. Of the PS3, huh. I think, came with it. Like, the first set came with them. So, I obtained mine through that, and this was the first time I got to watch, like, a Blu-ray movie. And when we get into our top threes, it will be brought up again there for a reason. But, um, <laughs> David, you are our guest. Um, top three... Moments or things from the movie you would like to... Uh, well, I'll just steal the joke from somebody later by saying the credits. Uh, oh, that's not actually, that's man. Not actually one of them. No, that uh, was one of mine. That was one of mine. <laughs> I'm not joking. Up until I was like, I can't do that. I have to be positive. Uh, so my top three of this movie, I would say one of them um, would be the Aunt May scene in the beginning when she is talking about when she got engaged to uncle ben and it is just it's a sweet little moment in the film 
that I thought was was really kind of I don't know kind of cute. Uh, second one would probably be when Sandman is first reconstituting himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that I just that is a cool scene. I don't know why I like that when he's like, it's a it's awkwardly long as are a lot of scenes in this movie. Uh, but it, it was just like interesting that like hey we kind of explored the idea of somebody trying to pull themselves back together in a pit of sand and uh along with that towards the end his last moment with harry or with uh not harry harry uh died spoilers uh his last moment with peter when they kind of have a little heart to heart and he gets that little moment of forgiveness was just you know was just a real sweet that 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 is a good list there sir um i ellie do you want to go next sure all right um, I too second the last moment with Sandman. I I thought that was quite a a good growing moment for Peter and for him, uh, for Sandman to kind of put their differences aside and and be a better person. So I thought that was a really cool scene. Um, I have to say one of my top three, as much as I hate to admit it is the scene where Bruce Campbell is the maitre d'. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I watched it separately on YouTube, just that scene. <laughs> it's really fun. I just I just love the whole interaction, so I would definitely have to say that's one of my favorites. Um, and then my third one would have to be just... Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of liked the black suit. I'm not saying I liked... The whole portrayal of Venom or anything. I, I just... think there's going to be a very interesting discussion later <laughs> around that because there, there's mixed feelings, I think. on. I, I, th- I think everyone involved, I don't want to speak for David, but I think everyone involved maybe has mixed feelings about that soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay yeah. with it. And it's, uh, like I said, I, I, I think it kind of looks neat when he starts breaking away from the symbiote. I, I just, I thought it was just kind of cool the way it looked. Um, but... Don't get me started on the whole portrayal of Venom in this movie. I, uh, I, we'll, we'll get okay. to it later. We'll get to it <laughs> okay. later. But yes, I, I kind of liked that part of it too, though. All right. Thanks to the great and powerful Phil Rude, I am allowed for the, my final time to be able to say, of course, the fact of my top three moments have the caveat of having the automatic Bruce Campbell being in it and <laughs> being directed by Sam Raimi. Now I am allowed to do my top three. Thank you, Phil Rude. You have honored me with being allowing me to do that for this trilogy. My top three moments, I guess, or things would be Flint Marco, Sandman, just his look, the way that they did the sand stuff with him. I thought, I thought was that great. was well yeah, done. It was really good. Um, his storyline is something I guess we'll get into later because I'm not including that in this for reasons I will explain later. Um, but You've but got his, a lot of explaining later to do. Apparently. I feel like this movie is a is, is like has like little notations beside it the entire time, full of caveats. Yes, I, I'm I'm with that. So 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 just his he he looked like he jumped off the page, and just the sand effects mm-hmm. I thought were really cool. Um, on that note, and the reason I bring this up is because the moment I realized how much more detail there was in a Blu-ray over a DVD, the sand effects were one thing, but the fight in the subway between black suited spider-man oh, yeah. and kane marco when he is pressing his head up against the train and it's peeling like his sand it's it's sanding him down pun intended you keep i kept i know i remember seeing this on dvd and i kept hearing like this ping sound then when i watched it on blu-ray that ping sound was his teeth getting knocked teeth. out yep yes teeth and flying out and that Hands down was one of those moments where I was like, that was awesome. Because that's, I was like, Blu-ray's amazing. And now there's 4K and it's, Blu-ray <laughs> looks like a joke. Um, so that, but that whole fight down there was, I, I thought, a really good fight. Because it was also Peter going to a darker side. And, of course, there were parts in the fight that were very um, Raimi-fied. Mm-hmm. Especially at, at the end with the whole pulling the, the, the water and having that go over big him. time yeah that that 100 ramied um but i will say this and this might be a controversial thing and i know i'm bringing this up early people but i'm 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 strapped in and ready to defend this him walking down the street 
goes as yeah. one of my favorite moments. I'm uh, yeah, you're not wrong. It's and he, not bad. <laughs> and here is why I say it is one of my favorite moments is because if you watch the movie, if you watch for context, nobody is on board with what he's doing. No, he it's is. Great. He is. He is thinking he's the coolest cat in the world. Nobody else is. The, I, I I know that this is something we'll probably bring up later, but I just want to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to shang, Shanghai this argument, but this is why it's my favorite moment. He's a nerd. He's always been a nerd. So what's a nerd gonna think looks cool? Exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love that scene is because it is so awkward and yeah. so great. He stops and like looks back at these two girls and like kind of gives them the finger guns and they look so scared. <laughs> like he's gonna <laughs> do something to them. And it actually like watching it this time made me laugh because it's supposed to be like he's being an idiot and thinking that he's not, but he is. But you're you're not supposed to like him. Like like this is hammering the um the thing home of he is awkward. Mm-hmm. He 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 isn't like it, it's it's this this scene is not supposed to build him up as you know oh he's cool it's like no it's supposed to make him awkward and not likable because of what he's becoming and I think it did a great job with that. Well, I mean, he's awkward, but he's kind of it's the the fact that he's finally popular and and people really like him and it's over bloating his ego. And so that's what <laughs> that's what happens when you think you're cooler than you're not. Yeah. I mean, so that's kind of why he was doing all that, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know necessarily. I don't know. I think saying the whole awkward thing is I don't think it's necessarily that. It's just his portrayal of his overexpanded ego. I'm just saying the the, the every time they, they they cut to a woman or somebody else around him, they were just like what the crap is going on? <laughs> oh, I they're know. giving him a wide berth. Yes. <laughs> he they they weren't parting because they're like, "Oh man, I better get out of this guy's way." They're like, "Oh man, I better get out of this guy's way." Yeah. <laughs> but but no, I, I just I just thought that 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 moment seeing again, I was like in a movie full of really awkward and weird and overly drawn out moments. Sometimes this one I think is my favorite because of just how amazingly just terrible it is, and great all at the same time. So yeah, um, so we kind of vaguely discussed like a quick overview of the movie, um. And I just want to point this out. I want to give Ellie credit for something. You said something in the very first episode, I mean, the very first movie we did of this, to where you felt like this was the story. It wasn't really the story of Spider-Man as much as it was a story of three friends. Do you still feel that way after watching all three of these movies? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's kind of their... It's how three people can be affected by you know, something extraordinary happening to them and the positives and the negatives that can come from it. And, you know, they all grow closer and then they grow apart. And it's, it's, it's the evolution of their, you know, their kind of their relationships and their friendships in general. And it's, you know, I, that's what I always focus on when I watch these movies, not so much some of the other stuff. And, Three is just distracting anyway because it's got <laughs> too much. I feel like, you know, Raimi was like, oh, I'm, I might do four movies and then, oh, I'm only going to do three. So I'm going to put everything in that I was going to put in in several movies. Well, I do have some stuff on that okay. too about what was supposed to happen. Okay. Too, yeah. And the fact that I think there was an outside kind of pressure for him to put do Venom that. in and okay. to... Oh. Into, yeah, I, I don't, definitely there was. I was, I was about to say, I didn't know if David had anything on that. I got more of what was supposed to follow this up. And to, to, to your point, though, this, this did make a nice dovetail of at least it wrapped up the Harry, um, the Harry Mary Jane and uh, Peter storyline mm-hmm. to an extent to where it did make it to where it was the story of three friends and, and, and kind of the journey of Spider-Man through that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, in part of the the downfall too of the fourth one that they th- this is when they started announcing movies um, way before production had even begun. So there's this like looming deadline, 
And that's part of like why also Raimi um, backed off of trying to do a fourth one is he didn't feel like he could meet the, uh, the, the deadline that had been proposed for the fourth movie. Um, but it was really interesting. And I listened to the episode you guys did on Spider-Man two mm-hmm. um, and that idea that this is the story of these three friends um, really does hold true, especially like watching this one. That is what carries through in two Kind of, you know, there is that final moment where all three of them are there as Harry is dying. And it really is, it, it was a special little thing carrying through the movies. I, I, like I said, I, like I said that at the beginning, and not having seen these movies in a while, I kind of was like, Puh. but now I'm like, you, she made a good point on these. I, and it, yeah, I, I didn't notice it at the time, but I noticed it now. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's quickly i don't know if you guys want to discuss the movie yet or if you want to discuss since we're kind of on the topic you know what what could have gone wrong with this or what was coming up next too that that what they were trying to set up for i don't, I didn't know which ones you guys wanted to go into first because this movie's kind of weird it doesn't really fit into our normal discussion i feel sometimes yeah it's unfortunate um just real quick with what could have come next i i actually kind of have an idea of how they could have uh made this movie better everybody has their own little pet theories on that um but i think you know there were there was talks of john malkovich playing the vulture Mm -hmm. in the fourth one which is both insane and everything i want in the universe (laughs) uh i'm actually really disappointed we didn't get that movie because yeah michael keaton did a fine vulture in spider-man homecoming you release a movie tomorrow with john malkovich as the vulture i am like buying a ticket for every single showing <laughs> i can get into that sounds amazing well i i, I mean the, the source i had said that um Anne hathaway was also supposed to be in it playing felicia hardy yes but she was going to be the vultress his daughter instead of black cat Oh boy! I I know it, it's it's one of those things where this kind of seems to um be it, it it's if if you read kind of what they were gonna do it's really weird but they were gonna of course pay off the the Kirk Connors lizard thing that that they had been seeding for a long time I mean ever since the second movie they've been mm-hmm. doing a nice job of having it in there and having it be something that kept creeping up which I like but it never got its payoff. I mean, yeah. technically, did it in the Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, <laughs> those those movies are a whole separate topic. Yes, that... but but no, I mean, it it's it's sad that this didn't get off, and it, and of course, Sam Raimi did. You know, was like, hey, I I can't do this in the time needed, and then that's when we got the Amazing Spider-Man instead. So easy yeah. come, easy go, I guess, with certain I, things. So I think um, just before jumping into the plot, if you had taken not put the venom stuff in this movie uh if you had kept peter in the black suit through to the end have the last fight be really brutal where he kind of pushes the line or goes past the line and like you end this movie with spider-man in a really dark place but he gets rid of the symbiote right at the end Mm -hmm. and then you have the fourth movie being his his attempts at redemption as spider-man while also facing um venom and eddie brock and all that uh i think you know you could have cut a half hour out of this movie easily and also would have set up a really interesting uh dynamic in the fourth one a really interesting plot but you know now we got to get it all in this one in the last half hour i do agree with you on that i feel like the venom symbiote i i I feel the same way i feel like they could have gone through this whole movie and not introduced eddie brock as venom set up eddie brock set up maybe what was going on with him but then had that pay off in the next movie but of course we didn't get that because they're like no no no, put more villains in this so (sighs) yeah three villains tends to be the franchise killer for most movies it it sadly does um speaking of which i guess let's jump into the plot i don't know if you had anything to follow up with ellie before we move on no i'm good all right, so in the plot, we basically have everything's going all great for Spider-Man, as it normally does at the beginning of any story, normally. But then we have the Green Goblin, quote-unquote, come back, who, by the way, looks like he raided a snowboarding 
um, oh, I have shop. so many issues with that design. Snowboarding <laughs> shop, and then on his way out, that was connected to a paintball store, and stole the rest of the stuff from there, and then went out to go fight Spider-Man. I don't like the outfit. I don't like anything about it. It was. I'm glad it was only in for as long as it was. To be honest. Yeah, they they should have gone. They, I mean, they should have either leaned hard into the Green Goblin thing. Or gone hobgoblin or something, but they shouldn't have done whatever that was. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. I I just I it just was one of those things. I rem- at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, I think this is the only time you really see him in this outfit, and it still bothers me. Yeah, it this movie has kind of studio notes all over it. Yep, where it's like, hey guys, what's cool? Uh, skateboarding slash snowboarding. Yeah, let's make him like an evil snowboarder through the air. Yeah, we can sell tons of toys with that on it. But, okay, so then you got that. You've got the setup of Kane Marco. I'm kind of jumping around with the plot here, just kind of, just, we're just doing a quick overview. So, we got Kane Marco being set up. Flint Marco? I'm saying the juggernaut, aren't I? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you said Kane Marco earlier, and I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure it's Flint. It is. It is. My apologies. Thank you for catching that. It's one no of the – I'm sorry. I normally don't say the Sandman's name, and that's really kind of weird that you have two people who are that close in name in Marvel. Yeah, that is weird. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to point that out, but if I am, kudos to me. Um, <laughs> so you have Flint Marco, and I will refer to him as the Sandman from now on because when he becomes the Sandman – just a weird, weird thing going on. I know that other people have, over time, have pointed out that they're randomly doing some particle test <laughs> in, in the, the middle, middle of the, the night. night. And like the swamplands. And, and and there's a disturbance in the thing, and they're just like, eh, it's a bird, it will fly away. It's like, if you're testing something... Worst scientists ever. <laughs> if, if you're testing something, and it's like, we need these, ex- we need these results exact, you guys. We need to know exactly what this is going to do. There's a bird in the simulator, sir. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, you would send someone out there to check and make sure and clear it before you go ahead. You wouldn't be like, nah, it's a bird. But no, I mean, it. so he gets turned into Sandman, which is, is a great scene. But his, okay, so his motivation is he wants to, ha- he wants to help his sick daughter. Which mm-hmm. I think is mentioned once in the beginning. And then he, it shows it once and then he kind of mentions it. A few times after that. But the other thing is, as with comics, this movie got a retcon that he's actually the one that shot Uncle Ben. Yes. Which I somehow, maybe it was my mind trying to black this movie out from my memory. I completely forgot about that. I had completely forgotten too. I didn't remember at all. So when it happened, I was like, are you... I completely forgot they did this i'm like there must be something at the end if i remember correctly that kind of makes makes it make sense or gives it more context but i just thought that retconning was like an instant like wait what and yeah it, it i guess it gave spider-man a reason to hate this guy and all this stuff but i i just i personally thought though that came out of left field and it should have stayed over in left field and not been introduced he could have just been a bad guy and yeah, I, I was I was texting my friend, the co-host of the Heck Yeah Comics podcast, that I was watching this movie, and I just <laughs> mentioned at the beginning of this, I was like, you know, I wish that the Sandman was more connected because like the Spider-Man movie villains usually had like a strong connection to him in some way. Yeah, because I had completely forgotten he was supposed to be Uncle Ben's killer. Like, but I haven't seen this movie in eleven years. Like, it was completely out of my mind that he was very connected to him. But I mean, it's. Okay, to, to fast forward now to the end, they do wrap it up with, you know, Uncle Ben was trying, you know, be like, hey, you don't have to do this, you know, you know, it, you know, don't, don't do this. And it was all, he got, he kind of got jumped by his partner, like by being like, hey man, we got to go. And he just slipped and fired the gun. Yes, still technically killing Uncle Ben, but it was, it was kind of out of an accident. Yeah. But eh, it's, he still killed Uncle Ben, but it, it was nice that they had the part at the end where Peter's like, hey, I forgive you. Yeah, that was nice. So that it was a nice touch to also show, you know, his redemption away from the black suit and all that, you know, hate and anger that it had given him and everything. In the dark side. Yes. So we got Harry. 
unconscious and not remembering anything. I thought that was a cop out. It's such a cop out. Yeah, I I didn't like that at all. I you okay? I was about to say I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if you wanted to elaborate on that. Well, no. I mean, I just I thought it was so weak that oh, uh, what he he doesn't remember he, anything. His short term memory's gone. Oh my god! How convenient. How much does he remember, by the way? <laughs> well, he remembers his dad died, but huh. he doesn't remember who killed him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or or that Peter's Spider Man. Oh, what? just conveniently that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that that was one part of the movie that I just it always drives me crazy. Did did that really contribute? I mean, I know we're we, we are going at this thing with a hacksaw at this point, but did that really contribute to the movie at all? Aside from I just, mean, the only thing it really did was to obviously be able to postpone a while into the movie that continuation and end of that fight, like of them, you, you know, I'm going to yeah. get revenge, blah blah blah. So. They didn't want to just start the movie running <laughs> where it's, we left off. It's it's like they wanted to remind the audience, like, oh, they're really good friends. That I actually, <laughs> you you took the words out of my mouth, David. I was like, that's the only thing I can contribute this to because I was like, maybe they could have just put them in a coma. And I'm like, no, because they had that nice reminder of, hey, they're friends. Hey, you know, they're they're you know. He'd be too guilty to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I again studio notes all over this thing. It's like, can we do something to like, you know, let's pretend that nobody's ever seen a Spider-Man movie before. This is their first one. You know, now with like the MCU and all that, their studios are a lot more trusting of like, yeah, you'll figure it out, you'll be fine. But like this was still in an era where it's like, oh, the audience is probably full of idiots. So let's make them feel like children and remind them that these guys are best friends but which, they're angry at each other which by the way uh, allow me to try to put a positive thing back into this the the ether of our discussion real quick um i did like the beginning doing the recap that two did again where it was like the panels yeah. and i i enjoyed that again that was cool okay no, back to us going at this thing <laughs> so you you get you get that that happening but then you get some another set of characters introduced you get eddie brock introduced at the same time you get um gwen stacy introduced as well as a love interest question mark for peter or just somebody that mary jane's jealous of question mark i i i didn't i was like is it it's is it something that's just on her or is it on him or in that situation i i I didn't know with that one because I felt like it was more just Peter's just stupid and doesn't realize what he's what he's doing and what his actions are causing with that whole situation with Mary Jane and that triangle thing that was created there. But that's just my opinion. I don't know if someone had a different one. Uh, nope, not really. Okay, uh, so let's get to Eddie Brock. Um, hashtag not my Eddie Brock ever. I, I cannot imagine, I've never in the comics imagined Eddie Brock as being Foreman, ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. It, it, it's, Eddie Brock to me is always somebody that should be played by a wrestler. Because for me, Eddie Brock is muscle on top of muscle normally in the comics. I know that there's stuff recently that's kind of changed that, but for me, if you're introducing him, he would be somebody who would be like this already physically imposing person that Peter just rubbed the wrong way by accident but that's just me so i i wasn't really on board with this and i also on that note i'll also say i wasn't on board with the venom the way it looked minus the head i did like the venom like from the head up i'm okay with i'm like the way they did the teeth and stuff the way they did the eyes i'm like i like that from the head down though it just looked like spider-man in the black suit still I'm like yeah. he wasn't physically imposing or anything yeah, I mean that's kind of the, I mean the problem with Venom is he's you know he is built like a tank, sort of sort of of unrealistic proportions as comic books often are, uh, and yeah, I mean you're right without having be like a wrestler, it's hard to like pull that off, especially the look of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this time, I can't think of any guys that were that size that were also like decent actors. I mean, now, you know, you got Joe Magnanello, who is already Flash Thompson in this movie. You got The Rock. You know, you've got these these giant guys who could have portrayed it a lot better. 
but back then I can't think of anybody who wasn't uh, who was a good actor who was also gigantic and muscly. And as for the acting on that note, um, I just, just Eddie Brock just seemed like a a more whiny version of Pete, a more whiny down his luck version of Peter. I think that's what he was supposed to be. And he was I, supposed to be the antithesis. Yeah, and it's just it was one of those things to where I I, I just personally it was just like. Every time he popped up, I'm like, why are you in this movie? Sort of thing. <laughs> like, this is, this, I, I'm, I'm really going hard into the pain on, on my dislike of certain aspects of this movie. But I, I just, it, 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 watching it years later, it's like, man, I'm glad comic book movies have kind of come a little bit further and stuff can be, you know, a little bit more drawn out and done better now. Mm-hmm. But that's just my crazy personal opinion. I'm going to let someone else talk for a minute and hopefully get some some of their flack out. <laughs> I I mean, I just, I think the whole Venom didn't, could have just completely been not in this movie. So I, what we said earlier, the whole yeah. black suit could have been in this. Yes. But the Venom could have waited to another. Because he just, he felt tacked on. Uh, yeah, like oh, yeah. Like, like someone in, as we've said before, someone in a meeting room went, hey, why don't we add another villain? Like Venom. That, well, that's exactly that in there. what happened. That is exactly what happened. That you already got the black suit, just add him. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I f- it's a cop-out for, like, I would have liked to just enjoyed Peter kind of uh, giving in to his desires of always wanting to be popular and cool and well thinking and, he's popular yes, and cool and and just um well no but a lot of people did think he was i mean a lot of he, they were his he was their hero oh so oh okay so so in that okay i don't mean mind, like necessarily like you know I, I'm, I'm still thinking anything. i'm still thinking of the walking down the street in the club scene no, which we didn't talk, talk about the club scene yet i'm just talking about he had that attitude and that mm-hmm confidence because he was being looked at as oh spider-man's cool you know everybody wanted to be spider-man that's why he had that that kind of attitude but i'm just like i just wish that they would have made it more the downfall of him was just him and not necessarily because of this alien like i feel like it was playing off of that and you could have just enjoyed just the the fact that he was you know being a little destructive and he needed to learn how to rein it in and and be a better person and realize he's not the only thing out there so that's i just it's just like you said it's just it's too forced i just i didn't like that part of it Mm -hmm. uh from wikipedia and there's several sources on this but uh producer avi arad convinced raimi to include venom a character whose perceived lack of humanity had initially been criticized by sam raimi venom's alter ego eddie brock already had a minor role in the script arad told the director that venom had a strong fan base so raimi included the character to please him so there could have been a chance for the character to be used later or in a better context but because the producer was hounding Raimi, he was like, well, I guess I should just include him to shut him up. <laughs> hey. Bad times were had by all. But but now the ultimate question, can Venom carry his own movie? Uh, yes, that is a question. Yes, we are, di- <laughs> we, we are now diverting from the Spider-Man 3 debacle to possibly discuss a future debacle that I don't know how you feel about this. We... we we pried it out of Emron, so I don't know if you wanted to give your two cents since we're discussing a bad portrayal of Venom in the past, whether you think the what the future might hold. I think anything is possible if you have the exact right team behind it. Um, I don't know what this future movie is going to hold. I don't know. I try to be – I'm one of those people that's like, if something sucks, it's going to suck, but I'm not going to sit here and just be like, it's going to be terrible before I see it because like, life's too short, man. I'm just going to go enjoy something. And like, if I end up hating that, I'll hate it for what it is, but I'm not going to hate it for what it could be. And it's probably going to suck. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. It's a very real possibility. But, you know, I'll tell you my thoughts on that when the movie comes out. 
There you go. I just, I'm as I've said before, I'm unimpressed with what they've shown us so far in the trailers. Yeah. Well, they that, haven't shown us anything. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. It's like <laughs> it, you could seriously take this movie and say that he's like an ex-soldier or that this was even a Punisher movie, and I could believe either one if you just excluded the one part where it showed the symbiote, like yeah, in the no, tank thing. It's, yeah, the trailer was obviously slapped together. Um but people calling it like immediately, like this is the Catwoman of the current generation. It's like, guys, it was a. I'm not going. Answer. Okay, I'm not going that far. All right, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's extreme. That's extreme. But I'm, I'm just like, I, I want to see more. But what you've given me so far kind of leaves me scratching my head on where's this going. Yeah, sort of but, thing. But hey, we're all still talking about it. So, I, I, you know, they, they, they got their point across. Then I guess trailer, trailer, good or not, it's all on our radar. And when that next trailer comes out, you'll have people clamoring to it to try and see, is it also terrible or is it going to be better? Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Um, so go, going back to Spider-Man real quick, um, I just wanted to talk about this real quick because this, this barely didn't make my favorite moments. And um, James Franco in this movie, I, I thought did a... He he did as well as he did in the other parts of parts of this movie. I mean, other parts of the series. But there was one scene that was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is this is like the cherry on top of what this movie is." The part where he's sitting in the diner and he and the woman asks him about the pie oh, thing. Yeah, and he it's, like, it's so good. Yeah, just just him like it's so good, and then he does the turn around and wink thing. It uh-huh. it barely didn't make my top three moments, and I was just like, I I just gotta wonder like. I, am, am I crazy, or is, is this movie just, just 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 done really weird at points? It oh no, it does get weird. And speaking of the most surreal moment of this film, and that also includes Harry, is um, this butler. Yes, that's apparently been in his life his entire life, who has not been a character up until now. And they really could have picked a uh, I hate to say this a better actor for this role. Um, has this moment where he decides to tell Harry that his father was the one that killed himself. And it's just an awkward scene. And the, the wounds were from his own glider, like just really badly written. And, I could tell. <laughs> and it just, it really also that information would have been so useful so much earlier. Why did you wait so long to tell your son that? It just, it was a terrible scene, and it made me, like, it's one of those moments where I'm watching it, like, oh, they filmed this. They put this in the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, speaking, okay, I, I guess now now we're just on weird moments in the movie. There's the chair that's sitting in the corner at, at Harry's uh, apart- that chair. apartment or his uh, mansion, mansion that he has on top thing. of a skyscraper. There's that chair sitting there. And then there's a picture on the wall of Willem Dafoe in, <laughs> in the chair. Said chair. I love it. I because it, it was one of those things like I had to seriously stop the movie for a second because I was like I don't know if this is gonna pop back up again. Rewind it and go. Is that seriously a picture of Willem Dafoe sitting in that chair? <laughs> and I I just thought I'm like that's great. And so is is i can ask this is the willem dafoe voice and everything and all that stuff in harry's head is that a product of him taking the the enhancement stuff or is in your opinion is that a product of him not feeling like he ever lived up to his father's expectations uh because hmm, the weird thing is in the, on the flip side for osborne himself it was he kind of went crazy and the taking that stuff amplified it so yeah, I think that I think that family just has a history of mental illness, and apparently really enjoying chairs and being painted in said chairs. I mean, it could be worse. It could be the Amazing Spider-Man Two, where that family has a condition <laughs> that literally turns you into a goblin. <sighs> what? Okay, I'm gonna admit this now. <laughs> I have not seen Amazing Spider-Man Two from beginning to end. I have never seen it. Oh, really? From beginning I to s- end. I've seen chunks of it, but I've never seen it from beginning to end. So, Okay. And we, we own it. I saw that movie in a theater by myself, and I still was, <laughs> like, crying. I, it was, okay, where I used to work years ago, we would run movies every now and then on, like, the TVs and stuff. 
that was one that ran all the time and it was on every single day and I worked I, I worked five days a week there and it was one of those I would walk by see different parts of it and everything but I've never sat down and watched from beginning to end because I've seen it that many times already that I'm like I don't think I could actually sit and enjoy it from beginning to end and also the putrid hatred it has towards it I don't think I could sit through it from beginning to end and enjoy it in that regard either because it just it it it, it, it not good but that's not the movie i i i love how we're, we're we're using this this movie to punch bag the other movies too oh yeah no i've got i've got thoughts all across the spidey spectrum well let's hear them man uh oh boy okay so i think that the first two movies of this one are of this trilogy are still fantastic superhero movies and we really do owe a lot to them uh, for the current age of superhero films because before this and uh, x-men boy superhero movies were terrible uh amazing spider-man let's just not talk about that homecoming like it's a really cool addition but i i remember uh, i was listening to the spider-man 2 one where imran's like i guess the only version we're ever gonna see of peter parker is peter parker in school uh, also, slight back to this movie, College Bullies. Now back to my original thoughts. Uh, <laughs> th- yeah, we like Peter Parker has not been in school for decades, but that's like the only version we ever get of him in movies, and that's just like kind of disappointing because like he's an adult, he's changed a lot, he is in some versions of history gotten married in others he hasn't right now he's a business magnate uh in other times not by his own doing though if i may point that out yeah i mean if they ever try to do superior spider-man in any form on film i mean i don't think it's I, i think that is an unfilmable project uh, but there are just so many other parts of peter parker and we just get bogged down in like either he's a kid or he's a student and, you know, let the character grow. Also, Zendaya is a great uh, Mary Jane, and you guys are crazy for being like they should introduce another one. Come on. I didn't say that. <laughs> Did I? I can't remember. I defend myself as I didn't say it. I, I don't I don't know. It's just, it was a thought that was floated out there. And you guys were like, oh, she's, you know, the problem with Kirsten Dunst was like, she's not really I, MJ. And I agree with that. She doesn't have, she doesn't have that sort of confidence She's full of self-doubt in these movies, um, which is like fine for a character, but that doesn't really fit MJ. Where I feel like Zendaya's MJ, super confident. That, that and girl being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, her, her being sarcastic and just kind yeah. of points out everyone else's flaws. Yeah. It's like a slightly different take, but I think she embodies the spirit of MJ way more than Kirsten Dunst does in these movies. On that note, thank you for reminding me. Does Kirsten Dunst work as Mary Jane in this movie? As I've said in two other movies, no, she does not. No. Sorry, I, I forgot I hadn't pointed that out yet. If she well, held I up mean, as they a... haven't nailed Mary Jane in any movies. A bold I, statement. I, I, we, we just have been told that you are wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> Your opinion can't be wrong, Ellie. Uh, I, I so mean, like... I agree that it's better than Kirsten Dunst, but I don't, I still don't, it's... It's everybody has their own Mary Jane. Neither one of those two are my Mary Jane, but I'm waiting for a good one. One day we'll get one, hopefully. But yeah, I just I like I like I said I do agree with you. I I think she is better than the one in the Sam Raimi movies, but I still not my portrayal of what I think she should be. But that's that's well, just I, my opinion. I, um, so just to get back to this movie, the scene where he qu- kisses Gwen Stacy, I almost said Gwizzes Ken Stacy, uh, <laughs> kisses Gwen Stacy, the Mary Jane in this movie gets all mopey about it. And Mary Jane, if that, that had happened, she would have walked up and slapped Peter the first time <laughs> they like they saw each other next. And like I was just waiting for that like the whole time. But that's like, yeah, uh, you know. That should have been what happened. She just lets him, like, get away with it and just, like, was that for you or for the audience? And then runs out crying. I'm like, that's not MJ. Nah. <laughs> I, I honestly thank you for doing this. This has gave me the mental image of her walking up, smacking Spider-Man and going, you made a mistake, Tiger, and then walking off nice. stage. Because I'm like, <laughs> that, that would have been great. That, that, that <laughs> would have been the Mary Jane from the comics. Been like, mm-mm, not today. See, I want the film version of Mary Jane in blue. 
Yes. Um, call back to our discussion yes. of Spider-Man Blue. Yes. That's um, the Mary Jane I want to see on screen. Yeah, you guys talked about a lot that in this when you talked about the second movie as well, is that yeah. being the the Spider-Man that you guys have, mm-hmm. or the, the Mary Jane you guys have in mind. Yeah. And I think they, they did a great job with her in that. Like, it's quintessential Mary Jane in that in that comic, which will not... I don't... I mean, the sad thing is we're never going to probably get another... I, I'm sorry, Ellie. <laughs> it's going to be... Oh, I'm so sad. When, when, when Zingness does its thousandth episode, because it's going to take that long for them to reset the Marvel Universe enough <laughs> to where you could get a different version of Mary Jane... But, I mean, it could still be, I think Emron even said, um, that that couldn't maybe not be the actual Mary Jane. That, be... under, that undercuts so much. I would actually be upset if they tried to pull that crap. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I believe this. I'm just saying it as a putting that statement out there real quick. But I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing to you, Ellie, because I don't think you're going to get your wish. That's okay. But maybe... <laughs> I'll move on. Maybe hey, me... You know, <laughs> the, the the MCU, they what they like to do with their main male antagonists is most of the time turn them into petulant man children. So my friend <laughs> will never see his favorite version of Star Lord on screen because we have the Chris Pratt version, which is fine. But that is a man child. That is not the Star Lord that he like read for years and years and years. And Isn't same... the comic version now a man child too? Oh yeah. Oh they okay. well yeah, they're they, gonna they mirror it. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's. But Star Lord was actually like fairly serious for a long time, and and on that note, I am really glad the comics did not mirror Mary Jane during the time these movies were coming out with um, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, they did mirror the um, the organic webbing, though. They did that 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 did come that has come and gone. I feel numerous times. He was birthed by a giant spider. Let us never forget that that happened. Spider Man's uh, weird. Spider-Man is so weird, <laughs> and yet we love it. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, and I, I kind of wanted to go back to Star-Lord for a minute. Oh, oh, we've, <laughs> we've, we've offended Ellie's no, no, love no, no, of no. Star-Lord. No, no. I love Chris Pratt, not necessarily Star- his version of Star-Lord. I enjoy the movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do I. But it's... Every, it seems like, and we've discussed this before, Justin. Um, oh, use my real name. I We're know. serious. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> but it's, I see what you're saying about, like, it's not the way the comics were when he grew up. Unfortunately, nowadays, it seems like every movie has to be so quippy. Like, yep. everything is like this now, and... So I think that's the only way they felt like they could make that movie to make it profitable and popular. And I feel like it's just, I mean, I've discussed this before in other episodes of, I just, I feel like there's a time and a place and there's a percentage of where it should be. And a lot of these movies lately are just, they're just so obsessed with adding all these little jokes and little thingies in there, and it's just it gets distracting after a while for me. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And I think part of that is is the Joss Whedon influence, yeah, where you know he did Avengers, and that's his style of writing. And you know, Avengers was this big success, so it's like let's just keep mirroring that. But <laughs> uh, I, I, they're filming um, uh, what is it, Captain Marvel right now, and I saw the description was like, oh, it's a uh, it's a action comedy movie in my <laughs> of course was, it is it's so it's a marvel movie is what, <laughs> what you're saying that's well marvel disney star wars <laughs> yeah I, I was about to say <laughs> any um, of them are all the same now i was gonna say ellie i think your whole bar- barometer of you know overlord i mean overloaded with quippiness <laughs> overlord yeah o- over o- overlord quippiness <laughs> Overlord quip, quippiness in movies gets to the max level whenever um you have to deal with Poe. <laughs> oh my god! In a Star Wars movie, crazy. We're two for two right now. Can we go three for three? Oh, please, just Poe, go away. He, in, in the sense of him making quips, right? Yes, God. Okay. Oh. It drives me crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I but but can't Oscar Isaac's face. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this here because I'm gonna put this onto every podcast that I'm on. I forgot about this. <laughs> That uh, Oscar Isaac would be the perfect Gomez Adams in a live-action <laughs> Adams family. 
Okay. I, yeah. Just throwing it out there. I, I don't disagree with that. That That is... I, and you know what? Out of everything they've redone over the years, Adam's Family is one of those things that somehow is still continuing to fly under the radar. And no They're one... doing an animated movie with oh, Oscar okay, cool. Isaac as the voice, but I want to see him in a pencil mustache. <laughs> one it's day. dream. One day, David. One day you'll get your wish. <laughs> one day. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to get back to Spider-Man 3 or have we <laughs> set right, our piece? about this movie. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> um, the other things we normally discuss are, of course, um, impact on the series and culture. It ended the series, it and ended- um, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. And uh. it's become—I mean, it's become a cultural punching bag for the last <sighs> decade. But here's the ultimate question: We are dealing with Sam Raimi here. He has made two trilogies. Is it just Sam Raimi can't do trilogies without having the last one be off the wall and weird? What was the other? Oh, Army nice. of Darkness. Yeah. Um. Please move forward. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm putting my headsets off. I'm taking them off, and I'm leaving. You're not wrapping me in a conversation about those movies. <laughs> no, we're getting into it right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, there may be something there that Sam Raimi just kind of gets burned out on properties after a little while. You know, maybe if I just make a really weird one, they won't ask me to do another one. Yeah, exactly. How do I get out of this? I got it. I'll drive it straight into the ground. Even though oh, I do love Army of Darkness is great. I do love Army of Darkness to death, but those movies I I'm I'm only doing this for a minute, Ellie. I, I we'll we'll get back to a different discussion. I know you can't take it, but I those, feel another sinus infection coming on. <laughs> your voice going away too? Yes. <laughs> Alright, so I, I feel those movies and trust me. I will get a chance to discuss Army of Darkness. I got Evil Dead out of my system. Army of Darkness will come. I promise you one day. Well, I am going to Canada in the summer, so you can do it then. I, I, I got it. Don't okay. worry. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Okay. I, I don't know how much the truth. So I'm just looking at Sam Raimi's IMDb, and it's like kind of like, unfortunately, after this, Oz the Great and Powerful happened, and I'm like, man, nah, they're not really giving Sam Raimi any big productions right now. Does he and, need to, though? Well, then I found out that they are in pre-production of the King Killer Chronicle with Sam Raimi as the director. Are you guys familiar with that? No, I was about to yeah, say um for lack of me not knowing, please explain. It's kind of, it, it's like one of the hottest fantasy properties out there right now. Oh. oh. Um, that was it's uh like one of the two books, A Wise Man's Fear is the second one and The Name of the Wind is the first one and uh they are they are the the big deal kind of the uh the game of thrones replacements for some people so that's interesting um on that note and this just might be my mind from years ago not remembering this correctly wasn't he attached to do like the uh, i don't believe i'm mentioning this um the warcraft movie for a while uh maybe i thought he was for like a long time and we all saw how that turned out with or without him yeah, I've got lots of thoughts on that movie. If you want to hear them, check out the episode of Movie Go Round in which we discuss it, which is not out yet as of this recording. I'll get to what you guys just put out, though. I want to I want to have a quick conversation about that to to completely derail the fact that we are not talking about Spider-Man 3 anymore. Um, Perfect. No, no, my, my, my final thing with, with Army of Darkness. I love that movie, but I love the fact that it also immediately goes back and retcons the other two movies, just like the first one retconned the first one. I love that that movie's continuity is only as important as the beginning of the movie you're watching. Yeah, and Ash vs. Evil Dead is a lot of fun if you have not it, checked that out yet. It, it is. I haven't brought that up as much, so I'm not completely caught up, but what I have seen of it, I love, but I kind of keep the movies and the TV show as two separate things in my mind. Yeah, I get you. Even, even no, though they, I- they are connected, it's like... The movies are one thing. This is kind of like the the fan fiction favorite thing that could come of it. So I kind of yeah. keep those separated. But wrapping back around to your podcast movie go round. There we go. Yes. Um, you guys put out an episode today. It is something that we have not talked about on here, and it is um a interesting movie. And Ellie also saw another think piece that we're not going to discuss on. Main thingness, so I might give you guys a quick opportunity because I know you both have seen it. Um, the think piece that Ellie just saw was Annihilation, but the think piece you guys discussed was Inception. Yes. Which 
I have not seen that movie in a while. I do want to watch it because actually I'm going to let you explain why you guys were discussing that movie because I love the concept of what you got, how, how you got to that movie. Okay, so in uh, in Movie Go Round, we have rotating themes, and uh, the one that came up that week was uh, future classics. We take a movie from the last 10 years that we think down the line, 50 years from now, you know, is still going gonna, gonna to be viewed as a classic. It's going to be a movie we're still talking about. And it was my time to pick it, and I picked Inception um, because I think that movie entirely holds up um, in all of its visual style. And I think because it's mostly practical effects, it will hold up for pretty much all time. Um, and because it is a smart movie that is accessible and uh, it's it's really interesting. And, you know, people saw it multiple times. It's prompted discussions for years and years and years. It is just it is a uh, yeah, it's a smart movie you can show anyone and then have a really good conversation about. I and I will admit this. I'm so glad Someone brought up the wedding ring when they did because I was sitting there oh, like yep. it was one of those things I was doing work while I was listening and I stopped doing my work because I was like sitting there waiting to be like if someone doesn't mention this I will tweet something immediately. Yep, and I ring. probably will regret it. But but someone brought up the wedding ring, which I do agree. I don't know if they if you guys ever land on it's confirmed or if there is confirmation, but his totem is the wedding ring. It's not fully confirmed, but I, I stand by I, that that is his. There totem, is there 100%. is too much evidence. The fact that he that there's the point where he says, you know, oh, in in your dreams, you know, um, they're they're still married, and also wasn't pointed out that no one else could really mess with your totem, but yet, um, what's his name was playing with the top. Yeah, he had Maul's top. He took yeah. that from her. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's that's something to where I'm like, it, it's got to be the wedding ring, and. I need to watch it again because now I'm, I'm I think I'm on board with what you said. Where it's they're not going to show the hands. Now I'm gonna be watching Leonardo DiCaprio's hands. Oh yeah, constantly. I, I go in that through movie. that last part just frame by frame to try and find it. But no, I I very enjoyed the episode. It's not something we got to discuss on here yet. Um, you have been going through a Nolan kick because I do listen to another podcast that you are featured on where you guys um discussed the Prestige as well, and that of course is Brokebot, which you're co-host and partner in crime phil was on a few weeks ago to discuss ellie's favorite movie evil dead 2 <laughs> but um you, you guys it was, did, a great time. It, it was a great time and i and um the prestige is something we will eventually bring up on here too but i just wanted to mention those in case somebody wanted to you know possibly go listen to the, either of those podcasts that you're featured on so i'm doing the promo for you well thank you but no, um, if, if people want to, uh, I guess, um, I, any, any final thoughts or any more um, grievances that need to be aired towards um, Spider-Man 3? We're, we're having a Festivus on Spider-Man 3. Any, anyone <laughs> anyone got, got anything left in their tank? It's just, it's long, and you could have tightened it up in so many ways. And I guess it's kind of my, that's kind of my final thought on it of we could have gotten this under two hours easy. Mm-hmm. Or could have filled that time with better stuff, and uh, they didn't. Um, as a final note, real quick from Wikipedia, because why not? Um, there is apparently a different cut of this movie. Oh, there is. Um, Spider-Man is it three four hours long. Editor's cut. Apparently, it, it was released on June thirteenth of two thousand seventeen. Oh, with um, it was like the ten year anniversary alongside the Spider-Man Origins Blu-ray. And it features unused music by Sam Young uh, and is two minutes shorter than the theatrical cut. <laughs> so they cut stuff. <laughs> wow. Um, and some scenes have been shifted around to have a more com- or been completely removed. Well, now I kind of want to. And watch the this film version. includes three new scenes and three alternate scenes and one extended scene. Oh, no, I got to watch this movie again. Yeah, I, I, because so I was, I, I was looking up stuff and I forgot about this until you mentioned the cutting thing. And I'm like, oh right, there is an alternate because we didn't know there was an alternate cut of the original Spider-Man Two until we put in the Blu-ray. But apparently, there's a cut of this somewhere that we didn't watch. So, um, I don't know how they apparently removed stuff, added stuff, and somehow lost two minutes. <laughs> but, I'm curious. I'm not gonna lie. I'm curious. So. So um, I guess my, my thing is uh, J.K. Simmons still amazing in this. Um, oh yeah. D- 
I, I, I know this, this is the scene that some people might say went on for too long, but him taking the medicine where the buzzer kept like shaking his entire desk. Yeah. For some Thank reason, I, I was like, this is great in the sense of that's just, that's making my blood pressure go up just watching <laughs> this. So yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, I am sad that I, I don't know how, in, in the end, looking back on the entire series now, because yay, uh, David gets to be here for the retrospective on the entire series real quick. Um, I, 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 as I said, Mary Jane, not my Mary Jane. Sorry, I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. Tobey Maguire as, as Peter Parker in Spider-Man, eh. I, I feel like, um, as I pointed out in 2, I just feel he wasn't quippy enough. He wasn't very quippy in this one either, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he did a good job as Peter. Spider-Man kind of felt like, I, I, Ellie, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep saying this. I still feel like your point of this is a story about three friends rings more true the more I think about it. Cause I'm like, Spider-Man really, I just don't feel like I had enough spider. And I'm like, it's because it was a story of three friends, not about Spider-Man. He was just there. He's she, she, part she's, of the cast. she's, she's sitting there in, in prideful staring me down. Like, oh, yeah. I know I was she's right. Oh yes. Yes. So the, the smugness on her is <laughs> I'm, I might have to like start wiping stuff down. There's so much smugness coming off of her with that. <laughs> I, I know. I may start walking down the street and singing and dancing. Snapping and... your fingers, pointing at people. That's right. Yeah. yeah, but so Ellie, you've you've been on board for all three of these. What 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 is your retrospective look back on on us doing these? Since we all obviously said we have not watched these in years. Um, I mean, my overall opinion is I I, I can't say that this is the worst superhero movie ever made. It's obviously not my favorite. I feel it has redeeming qualities yeah, to I was it. Like, that I mean, like I said, I went into it kind of with like a. There's awkward scenes that make it enjoyable because they're awkward. Well, and there's some. There are some great acting in it. I mean, there's some people that do really good for the parts that they're given. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't say it like Bruce I, Campbell. <laughs> exactly. He was so good. They gave him three different parts. And I really enjoyed Flint Marco. Um, and I did too. You know, so I just obviously. Actually, I I thought of something, and sorry yeah. to interrupt. I felt like, and I, this is something I should have said way back. I felt like they did not give his character enough time to do any development because they focused on Venom too much. They they, they just kind of gave him this one note. He's trying to steal money for his daughter. Nothing else. That's yeah. it. And they could have delved into him a little bit more. Could have had you know more to do with that. Right. But nope, they ignored it for. Obviously, well, I mean, that, we that, need another villain because yeah. we can't do one right. Let's do three wrong. Well, that ha- that's what happens when you cram so many in one um, one movie. Yeah, so- sorry to sorry to interrupt, Ellie. No, no. I, I mean, I was just saying, I I don't think it's you know the worst movie ever. Um, it it had some good parts to it, so I will I will give it some high fives for for the good parts and and then be sad for the sad parts, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed some of it, so I, I can't completely diss on the movie. All right, David, you have the opportunity, even though you weren't on for the other two, but since you had to do the third one, you can give us your retrospective on the series as well. Uh, I think that these movies, um, you know, these movies will always hold a special place in my heart. But they are a little bit products of their time. They are what we needed at that moment um, to kickstart superheroes in a really big way. Uh, but I think that, you know, I'll probably show my kids these movies because they'll be exciting at the time. But there will also be 500 superhero movies that I'm going to have <laughs> to make them sit and go through. Uh, and, you know, it's they are important, but... I don't know if they uh, if they hold the place in my heart. Maybe they once did, except for two. Two is great. <laughs> Daddy, which Spider-Man is this? Well, this is after they retconned it out of, and, right. so, and Sony had to sell the rights back to Mark. <laughs> and which one? Which one was Andrew Garfield? Who told you that name? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> no son of mine. <laughs> Oh man! Well, it was a pleasure to have you on, sir. Um, it was 
it was truly great to do the Spider-Man to break up um, going from Star Wars, of course, to another long series, Harry Potter. So everyone in April, you got the Harry Potter series to look forward to. At last. I'm yes. so excited. So yes, excited. after the pain awesome. and suffering. And I will be fresh from going to Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Save it for the main Ooh, show. Like, I'm excited. Save it for the main show, Ellie. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, but um, no, uh, we, we just wanted to thank you for being a part of this, sir. So if people want to find more from you, David, where can they do that? Uh, well, as previously mentioned, I am on three podcasts, the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast, Movie Go Round, and Brokebot Mountain. But if people want to just find me around the internet, I have the username DavLuz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, you can find me there. Awesome. And Ellie, where can people find us as always? Who knows? <laughs> well, of course, we're part of the Dark Myths Podcast Collective. You can find more at darkmyths.org. Um, of course, if you want more Star Wars stuff, you can find me every week talking Star Wars on Knights of Vader. We're, of course, on Podbean, Google Play, yep. Stitcher, Tuned In, and Apple Podcasts. And if it's on Apple Podcasts, what do you do, Ellie? Well, I mean, you got to give a five-star review. Give us that five-star review. Yeah. It helps us out more than you could possibly imagine. Uh, you can, of course, find us on Facebook. Just search Zingness. On Twitter, what do you tweet, Ellie? You tweet cool stuff at Zingness. At Zingness, exactly. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, at Zingness Podcast. Find, if you want to contribute to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash zing this if you want to email us directly it is zing this at gmail.com if you want stuff with our logos on it i have put up the spider-man logos the final spider-man logo version of zing this will be going up soon mm-hmm. and you can find all those at tpublic.com slash zing this our sound guys aa ron our logo is done by chris singer with modifications by toby of the secret transmission podcast and finally DJ Golden Boy. Eight, nine. Play us out one more time. I want to thank David Luzader for being Woo-hoo! on tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye.